uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary, my patron peeps, uh, howdy, how you doing, patron? I don't know if, have I said howdy before, uh, how to, sure to, uh, put you to sleep. This is the podcast you support patrons and it's time, uh, to put you to sleep. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble, getting to sleep, trouble, staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's the thoughts, feelings, physical sensations, changes in time or temperature, weather, all you know, all everybody says all weather now. Nowadays, they've been saying it for like forty years. All you got all weather things. This is a this is not an all weather podcast. It's for when you're inside in all weathers uh, to take your mind mind off. So it just maybe think of one person I have a great affinity for, Carl Weathers. And right after that, my mind said Weathers. You know who's an original Carl Weathers? Uh, if there was a Werther's original award, if there is, I'd like to nominate Carl Weathers for it. Uh, also, have to do some Carl Weathers research, you know, just in case they say, what could you do? And they say, well, I don't personally know. I'd rather uh, and also find out what Carl Weathers' opinion on Werther's is. Oh, but so, okay, welcome to Sleep With Me, podcast that puts you to sleep. Uh, so if you're up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep, I'm here to take your mind off of that, whether it's stuff you're thinking about or something you're physically experiencing or emotions that are bubbling up. And as I said, I'm going to take a safe place where you could set aside any of those things. Uh, I'm going to try to distract you and keep you company at the same time, you know, those are the kind of feats that in the real world only Carl Weathers uh, or someone that's like, you know, Carl Weathers, weather-esque, weather, weather-like. Uh, okay, my brain said no to both those, um, but they are capable of. But So here's the thing. Uh, I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones. Uh, superfluous meanders, extra words, celebrities many of you have never heard of, you'd say, hmm, has a nice ring to it. Uh, Don't know who Carl Weathers is, Scoots. And I say, good, well, uh, that gives me an advantage, the theater of the mind. Though, if you've, uh, Carl Weathers is pretty easy on the eyes, in my opinion. Uh, so there, but that's more theater of the mind. You could say, oh, I'm picturing someone. And I say, great, whatever's in your mind, it, that's probably correct. Uh, okay, so I'm going to send my voice across. I'm a little lulling, soothing, creaky dose. Oh, if you're new, welcome. I'm glad you're here. You went off topic early. So let me get, let me circle back uh, before I get lost again, which will be about one minute from now within, you know, with a you know, mean, median mode in there. Uh, but uh, so structurally, what to expect? I'm glad you're here. It takes a little explaining. This is the thing. I'm going to do some explaining. Show may make even less sense when I'm done, but it's to try to help you rapport building. Rapport, you know, I build rapport so I can bore. Hey, I don't know if I've used that catchphrase before. Needs some work. I guess I bore with rapport. I build rapport as I bore, and soon you'll snore. And believe me, I do not see it as a chore. Oh, wait, some part of me is showing me the door, but I got to record the podcast. So, oh, structurally, what to expect? <laughs> oh, boy. Sometimes I go off topic so early. So, structurally, what to expect is a uh, show starts off with a few minutes of business. That's how we keep the podcast free, coming out twice a week for you. Uh, so if you're new, not super important. Just it's more for regular listeners that have, like part, podcasts, part of their lives. Uh, then there's a uh, intro. Now this is where the fir- one of the first places where uh, there's a disconnect normally that takes some getting used to. The intro is about twelve to fourteen to sixteen to seventeen to eleven minutes. 
And because sometimes I've even seen it as high as 21 or 19 or 20 minutes or 22 minutes, though rarely. We don't always get into the 20s, but uh, the intro is a big part of the show for a lot of listeners. And now about 2 or 3% of listeners skip the intro to around the 18-minute mark, and then they just start listening, and the story starts uh, somewhere in there. Uh, and then the rest of the listeners, they kind of use the intro in different ways. A lot of people listen as they're part of winding down, as they're either getting ready for bed or as they're just getting into bed, or they're just getting settled in, you know, moisturizing, uh, hair, you know, hair brushing, ceiling staring. That's a big part of my bedtime routine. You know, fan adjusting, those kind of things. Uh, some listeners fall asleep during the intro. And uh, other listeners, uh, well, other listeners also listen to the intro or the show during the day. But since the intro is at the start of the show, I guess uh, they usually listen to the intro uh, just to chill out. So, but the intro kind of, it's it, just to help it ease you into the show or to put you to sleep. It, it kind of mirrors the rest of the podcast. And the way it works is uh, I try to explain the podcast for about 14 minutes and I get, keep getting distracted. Uh, and even now, I've, I've got double distraction going on because part of my brain that's aware of the great, wonderful, wide diversity of our listeners says, okay, no more Carl Weathers jokes because it's not a Carl Weathers. And Carl, if you're listening, I love you. One, I hope, whether you're in the big farm or with us, which I don't know the answer to that. I'm So, so that's apology one, Carl. Apology two, not a, I, 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 I think you've been on some famous animated shows, but... Uh, you know, not everybody knows who you are, so so I don't want to um, like uh, I want to keep all the listeners inside of this wel- big welcoming uh, blanket fort we got going here. And also, if you could remember, Carl, what the other thing I was talking about before I got distracted by you, I was distracted by something else, and now I can't remember what that is. Oh, it's rhyming. I forgot what words I was rhyming. Well, oh, bore, snore, I adore. Uh, me more and, and Car- sorry, Carl. I didn't mean to tell you. So, so oh, what happened? Oh, so the intro is uh, where I try to explain what the podcast is. It takes me fifteen minutes, uh, and it's kind of familiar for regular listener. You can say, "Oh, there's Scoots uh, running on his hamster, the hamster wheel of life, uh, uh, trying to explain what that podcast is." Uh, you know, just like very similar to a pet chasing a fly. You'd say, because that happened yesterday, I'd say, well, the odds, and then everyone's going to say, did you get that fly, Koa? And I'd say, because usually you're like, okay, you could try to get the fly. Just try not to crash into anything. I'm trying to keep an eye out for you. But you're also in the back of your mind, you're like, the dog's never going to get that fly. Uh, and but then you say, well, did, did you? But you say, okay, I don't want you to bump into stuff. I don't need, I don't want you to bump your head, uh, or pull down the blinds, or, 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 or all the other things you can't knock my drink. All the things you do when you're doing your fly chasing hobby. That's kind of what the intro is. The fly is metaphorically uh, the, the concise, uh, concentrated description of what the podcast is. Uh, and me, I'm chasing around trying to say, "Well, I'd like to," but I'm just like a dog. You ask me ten minutes from now. You see, could you describe that fly for me? You mean the concise definition of Sleep With Me podcast? What? Did you say I'm going to get a treat? Wait, what would you ask? Oh, oh, are we going outside? Oh, wait, there's something over there. I'll be back. I got to go look at that thing buzzing around. So that's kind of me. I think that's that's maybe a way to describe the intro. Uh, but if you're, you know, if you're in a chill spot, like you're a regular listener, you say, huh, that's nice you're chasing that fly around because they know... As long as I keep the parameters, you know, that you're not going to bump into anything and you're not going to catch it. So you're both uh, just living your lives and you're having fun in the fly. I would, I would assume just flying around could be messing with you, uh, but it's kind of messing with you and you're entertained. Uh, so I don't know, but that's the intro of the show. <laughs> that's what the intro of the show is. Uh, is because I can't do it, because I still, uh, honestly, I've made this show, what, 750 episodes or something? I don't know. And uh, 
I'm still getting to know it, getting to understand it. Uh, slowly, I, I, I don't know, except I don't know everything about sleep or what put you to sleep. I'm just your bore butt. I'm here to keep you company. Uh, after that, we'll talk about our ongoing serial series, uh, 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 Big Farm in the Sky P.I., which is uh, like a serial episodic series uh, uh, that's really nice. And uh, so we'll do that. Yeah, so that's uh, what to, that's the structure show. I mean, in between the intro and the show, some, is some business, and then there's some thank yous at the end of the show. If you decide what you want to skip those, you can become a patron. You get ad free and thank you free episodes with a thank you from old Scoots here. So that's structurally what to expect. I didn't think that would t- take me 12 minutes to get to. Also, a couple easy things to explain. Let's see if I can do this concisely, but slowly. Uh, you, you don't need to listen to this podcast. You can listen and be distracted. You can listen and be comforted. You can listen and kind of be entertained uh, if you can't sleep. Uh, but you could also turn me down or just barely pay attention. Uh, just like that, go back to the thing. Like it, when at some point, when your dog's chasing the fly and it goes in the other room, or it's not, you know, it's in the center of the room where it's not going to bump anything. You kind of move, most of us move on. You say, well, we got to get to that spreadsheet. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, that's, uh, so, what was I saying? I don't, oh, so you don't need to listen to me. Didn't, that was a total accident. I'll admit it, a perfect accident. And also, there's no pressure to fall asleep. The reason the podcast about an hour is I'm here to keep you company so you can fall asleep at your leisure. I'm here to walk at your side as you drift off into the arms of Morpheus. Uh, so that's, uh, that's uh, yeah, there's kind of no rules. Like, oh, it gets with the listening thing. You could turn me all the way down to a mumble if you wish. Uh, whatever works for you. Give it a few tries. That's the main thing. If you're new, of course you're skeptical. Who wouldn't be? This is a nonsensical idea uh, executed in a nonsensical way, but to help. And so give it a few tries. I hope it helps. And I will say this uh, is a new thing I'm trying. If you don't like the podcast, it doesn't work for you. And you're looking for other options or you say, oh, I just kind of dislike this podcast strongly. Uh, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you. And I'll have some resources there. So, but give it a few tries. I mean, that's the main thing. Like uh, almost 98% of listeners said it to the first try, I didn't understand this, or I tried to make sense of it. It was kind of frustrating. Second try, I did, well, it didn't make sense, but it was, uh, and then I fell asleep. So I think that's it. Uh, I guess those are the, like, uh, that's the main thing you need to know uh, about the show. I'm here to help uh, because I've been there, uh, like, uh, tossing and turning, waking up in the middle of the night, uh, falling asleep for two minutes, and then waking back up. Well, you know, I've done it all. And I, I know how, I mean, the main thing is I know how it feels. And so if I can help take your mind off of stuff or keep you company or help you fall asleep, uh, it'd be my honor because I truly believe you deserve a good night's sleep. You deserve the rest you crave, you desire, and you need to, to live your life and flourish. And so I'm happy to help. The other thing is if you're new, I appreciate you checking the show out uh, and stopping by. And uh, like I already said, I really strive, I work hard, and I yearn to help you fall asleep. And here's a couple ways we keep this show a-going. Uh, hey, everybody, welcome to our ongoing episodically modular series with a, a, a tendency to occasionally have serial elements, but for the most part, no. Uh, Big Farm in the Sky PI, the Phantom Minnow, the series, season two, the Phantom Minnow season, uh, which really... Really doesn't describe much, but uh, a Big Farm in the Sky is a story about three people, or three main characters, uh, G and DK, tweens, uh, living in a, a giant retirement community in Florida called the Ville, the Towns. And uh, they are, are uh, on an independent study project where they're running their own business, so like a PI helping business. You know, because with the tweens, it kind of goes beyond, you know, also cleaning out garages and stuff like that. Uh, 
so they're on kind of independent study sabbatical with uh, DK's family friend, Aunt Penny. And G and DK are best friends uh, in, true, in a true word of friendship. And they work with their uncle, Simon, or technically G's uncle, but uh, Uncle Simon. Now, Uncle Simon is a resident of the big farm in the sky, meaning at one point in the last, you know, few decades, Simon was a human-based being or a human being based on in, in our earthly realm. And then at some point before season one, uh, Simon made a transition from being an earth-based being to a big farm-based being, big farm in the sky, one of the realms you can transition to. That I'm aware of, uh, you know, mostly, you know, a lot of people say, well, that's where all the dogs go, which is a different one. There are dogs in the big farm in the sky. Uh, but, you know, when they say, well, where's Ralphie? Oh, run it. We, we brought him to, to Ralphie to a farm. And then you, as you get older, you say, mom, dad, I know, but Ralphie's not at a farm. Or, you know, you say, well, can we go to the farm? No, it's a big farm in the sky where Ralphie lives. Uh, so the same goes for people. Uh, and this happens to be like, and that's a metaphorical term. It's not just a big farm in the sky. Uh, and also you say, well, is it in the sky? Well, kind of within and beyond the sky of your, un- <laughs> of your understanding. Uh, so basically in season one, they were cracking cases. Simon was a big farm in the sky PI, cracking cases in the big sky, the big farm in the sky. And then in season two, they've moved to the earthly realm. Also, another important piece of story bit. So just so you know, when you transition to the big farm in the sky, you know, that's one of a panoply of things that can happen. And I don't know, you know, I don't know any uh, anything about that. But the odds of you, like, so most uh, Earth-based being, or human beings that transition to big fa- the big farm in particular, you know, you just go to live at the big farm. Maybe there's some way to, like, watch what's going on back on Earth on, like, a TV or something. But there's no real communications. But, and I don't know if this is genetic or just a rare thing, there are in one in a billion, one in a million situations beings that make the transition from Earth to the big farm in the sky that have the ability to return to Earth, you know, in some, for, so, in some form that may be sublime or whatever. And then, even then, among those that can return or project or communicate, the ones that can actually fully interact uh, in, a, like, a way in this particular scenario, very, 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 very rare. So I really got lucky with access to these particular people, but uh, luckily they could see the big farm also exists in my imagination in the sky. Uh, but so uh, just so you say, well, why, you know, how come I haven't run it? You know, how come I can't crack cases with uh, my uh, Uncle Simon or whatever? You know, my Aunt Edith, uh, you know, m- me and my Aunt Edith wanted to jet ski. We don't, you say, well, yeah, it's not, uh, not you know, it's just a roll of the dice if the dice had a million pips or more. So I think that explains it. Basically, they're here in Florida at the towns uh, solving cases for people in a retirement community. They say, hey, maybe, uh, I mean, this particular one's pretty benign case to be cracked, uh, but it's always interesting enough to sleep to. And also we have our uh, Hollywood announcer here to uh, introduce the show, who's right on time, uh, as always, uh, Mr. Antonio Banderas. Uh, thank you. This is the ladies and gentlemen, this is the boys and the girls, the friends beyond the binary. It's time for the big farm in the sky. Let's correct this case. Yeah. Wow, I love, I love when you say, I, I could listen to you say, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, when you say, yeah, I mean, well, I guess I couldn't because it's like, uh, do, 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 you should, we should get the photo, for, for photographer for the O-Face thing, that project, remember that one? When you say, yeah, I'd like to have a photograph of my face and then say, wait a second, uh, what kind of face am I making there? Uh, my friend, uh, 
you are uh, uh, you are one of a kind. Uh, thanks. Are you going to hang out and sit around and not move or walk around or breathe loudly as you have a tendency, no offense, to do? Or if you do drink any water, not have your throat make that slight pinging sound that my mic picks up? Or um, also your right elbow does make a like a tiny snip uh, occasionally, which I'd love to uh, show you some Tiger Bomb or something after I record while we play Munchkin. Oh, my friend, I, I would like to play uh, Tuk- Tokaido if we could. You got yourself a deal. This is Mr. Antonio Banderas, everybody, uh, and this is Big Farm in the Sky P.I. Uh, hey, Diane, it's me, Simon, uh, reporting. We're here, here to tell you about... Uh, our latest case, very exciting stuff. You could say this case is magical, Diane. Or, you know, I may be under an illusion. Well, I didn't, I didn't think, I thought, I thought that would be funnier, but I think something, uh, you, not allu- I'm not alluding to anything, but there is illusions at play here. So we are going... And uh, now this is one of these cases that, especially with uh, uh, G and DK, this is an, more of an observational case, uh, Diane. We were hired to do one thing, but there are other things connected, and this is when I'm glad I'm with them. You, you know, especially because I'm one of the few, uh, you know, uh, 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 big big farm based beings that can interact in the human world. So I'm glad I'm glad about that. Uh, but where was so so anyway, Diane? Uh, uh, so we were hired. Uh, there's a so here in the in the towns, it's a large retirement community, and they have uh, a couple villages or village centers. Diane, those are like uh, places to go shopping within the complex, because uh, they think for some people. When they move here to retire or to spend to spend their golden days or whatever they say, they're there and they say, "Well, this is you know, I just want to be in this community and that's it." Uh, and so there's places to go shopping, there's places to deal with everything. But so these villages within the towns, so they have different ones with entertainment options too. Like you want to go to the movies, you want to go bowling. Uh, do you want to go eat? There's lots of eating things and, uh, inter- you know, entertaining things. And now also, uh, there, like, uh, there's not a lot of, like, sometimes a lot of performances. They have performing arts centers, Diane. Uh, but this one, this case, like, uh, this one was a little bit, uh, like, so there's, a, like, someone who claims they're uh, just performing for fun. It's someone that seems now it's uh, they're in masquerade and they claim they're an amateur busker because at first when they start first start doing this, uh, so so only for free, the performance is no tips. And they seem to know their way around because they said, well, I can do this. I can do magic here in this town square. But so they do magic, but they're wearing a masquerade, which again, again, I guess it, like uh, when they first started doing it, there was a little hubbub. But I mean, most things here, unless you're following all the rules to a T, even then there's some hubbub sometimes. Yeah, but this person is also very entertaining. So they do different magic performances, close-up magic, uh, uh, just like you would where you, you might encounter a magician. The only thing is the mask masquerade. It's a cute one, like you'd see at a fun masquerade, like a, a Mardi Gras or something. Like it looks like a, it it looks like a kitty cat, uh, and in a way, like some of those kitty cat masquerade things. You say, well, I don't like like uh, that kitty cat smiling in a way that I, this one. It just looks. It's just a calming thing. But I guess according to the rules, unless they get changed, you could, you, if you're retired, you know, if you live in this community and you want to wear a kitty cat thing, you actually can. Uh, so, I, like, that was news to me. Yeah, but so they perform. So our case, uh, which is, it, it has layers to it, Diane. 
we were hired by, by a client, uh, well, uh, G and DK were, and they said, uh, we, we, this person said, we, we want to get, we want to know our client who will remain a mystery for now. They wanted to know this one, per, one, uh, illusion they did. How did they do it? It seems kind of, kind of friendly, fun thing. Like, can you two, and we wondered at first as we talked about it at the beginning of the case, uh, would, uh, was this some sort of fun challenge for G and DK, like a life learning thing? Well, I'll hire you to learn some life lessons. Or was it marketing for this magic person? We said, well, there's not really any money in it. They're just doing it for the love of performance or magic. It may be. So whatever. So we started watching it. Now, this particular trick is one of those tricks. Uh, well, we'll get to the trick, but it involves usually an item a watch or a ring from a volunteer. And we didn't, we didn't like, uh, they said, you'll know the trick because it's amazing. So they didn't, the person that hired us, they didn't say. So G and DK and I, and I tagged along. Uh, we went down and they watched the performance. And the first time they watched, uh, the, the person didn't do, they did a lot of tricks uh, and they didn't do the trick we, we were looking for. We said, well, that's pretty good. We couldn't figure out which trick. And then they got some soft serve and uh, went back, and then they watched some more because the person said, well, I'll be back in uh, 2.30. And then they did the trick because it was just a trick that, uh, as far as I know, it does. it's uh, layered in a way that you say, wait a second, did that just happen? Was that accidental? Was this an accident or an illusion? And so then G and DK did it, and, and then the, but they said, well, we can't just keep watching it because it, it just, uh, it felt like uh, you can only watch someone without their permission so long. And so then we went to, to eat. Uh, G and DK and Aunt Penny met them. Uh, there, there's a place called, uh, uh, it's got a name of a cuisine. Uh, it's called D- Dials. Uh, but, uh, it's just like a crocodile, like CROCs. And you actually, when you go in, you take your shoes off and you, they sit, try, it's, I think it's run by the same corporation that makes those croc shoes. And you put those on, but it seemed after another type, like a cartoony croc. Uh, but I think the food they serve is not, it's an, it's a cousin of that. Uh, but so you wear crocs there and then they try to get you to buy them. And if you buy them right up front when you first make your order, then you can customize them while you eat. Very creative. Uh, and uh, but I don't know. You got to. I'd say, well, you're going to wash your hands. Like how many times can you wash your hands? Uh, uh, but you know, I didn't. I don't have to worry about that. And Aunt Penny insisted on G and DK getting their own Crocs and customize them, and Aunt Penny too. So that was fun, but we also asked for a seat by a window, which just happened to look out at the plaza that the uh, masquerade magician, who we'll call, well, that's what we'll call them, the amateur busker, was performing at. And so what we did was we we started uh, watching and customizing. Now, Aunt Penny doesn't know about me, so it was, it was a little bit, you know, because... Uh, Got to maintain some boundaries. Not everybody can know that I'm there from the big farm helping crack cases. Uh, but we were watching the per- performance. I went actually outside and watched the close up again. But I thought this was kind of G and D's case to undo. How does this person do this illusion? And it was tough. We couldn't figure it out uh, because it was like, uh, what is like? None of us are magicians. So after lunch, now also one thing that's interesting about the towns is you can't drink, like, well, you can't order one drink. If you order one drink, they bring you two, Diane, especially grown-up drinks. Uh, it's literally what happens. It's always two for one in the towns. Uh, in the towns, it's always two for one. You know, they, and they, 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 most people drive their golf carts, which Aunt Penny in, is also – got G and DK permits to be able to drive on their own. 
their own golf cart. I mean, not their own golf cart, but Aunt Penny has an older golf cart. Uh, but you, you, it's just funny. You say, uh, I'll have one iced tea. They bring you two. And I think, you know, people are retired. That's what they do there. But it's just confusing. So if you ordered two, you would probably get four. Uh, so that's that's one thing to know, Diane. If you weren't looking to save money, you, if you're thirsty or you're you know looking to uh, hydrate or de- get dehydrated, uh, you could do that. So we observed. Then we went to the library. It was three of us and read some books on magic and uh, did some research uh, at the local library here in the towns, which is interesting because it's not a public. It's a not a public library. Uh, but we really tried to learn, and uh, we still got nowhere. And so then the, 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 we all dis- d- d- debated asking. So then we went and asked eventually. Like, uh, this was a co- over a couple of days of debating. Could we just ask the person? So they went to the master. They said, well, how do you do that one trick with the watch or the ring that you get from the person? And the master, you know, the masquerade magician said, you know, I cannot tell, uh, you know, I can't reveal power, you know, those kind of things. Power of magic, uh, well, I can't reveal. Uh, I'm glad you're curious. Uh, you know, uh, uh, and they said, well, we read, you know, the, the, the Busey's theory of magic, and oh, that's one of my favorites. And then they said, really, what's behind it? They're very persistent, but in a fun way. And the person said, practice magic's really about practice. Uh, uh, but I can't, you know. And then uh, G and DK, that wasn't good enough. So then we said, well, we still got to figure this out. And they were trying different things, trying to recreate it. Uh, but it's trying to, like, uh, build something that you don't know exactly know. Like, uh, you can only see the outside of the building. You don't know what the superstructure is. They didn't know the superstructure of this magic illusion. And they actually started to get a little miffed with this masquerade magician. And then things took another twist to Diane. And the twist was... Uh, that they went back, the person said, well, have you figured, the client said, well, have you figured out where the illusion is? And they said, no. And we'll probably have to learn a lot more about magic, and the person's not telling us. Then our client got not happy. They said, oh, typical, silly magicians and know everything. You know, this person seemed to have a, it, we said, what is this, a personal thing? And then G&DK said, hold on, like, we thought this, you were hiring us uh, Either as a game to train us, uh, you know, to help our investigative skills, or because you were actually curious how the illusion was done, and that seems like something you would hire kid detectives for, you know, because a normal detective would probably say, buy a friggin' book, or, you know, unless you charged enough. uh, And the person was still, our client was still, they said, listen, there's something I'm not telling you. And G and D K said, "What?" And they said, "Well, I suspect that the, the, the masquerade magician is uh, like uh, like what are the objects they're working with? Well, watches and rings." And he said, "Exactly." And G and D K said, "Well, they return them always, uh, you know, to their original state and to their original owner." And uh, the, the, the client said, "Well." Uh, Aren't you paying attention? You know, they are to the different watches and rings. And, you know, you could easily tell that there's a big difference. Uh, You know, they said something about different watches that I'm not familiar with. You know, they know there's the one watch everybody used to talk about, like the Oyster Dive 5 million or whatever. But then nowadays, James Bond's wears something different. And also you got really like you're like a... like someone like Michelle Wee, she always has a nice watch. And I say, well, that's probably a watch you could aspire to own. And so the, the watch business, I guess, has opened up. That There's not just one super watch anymore. And then the same goes for rings, of course. So they said, are you saying that this person is uh, switch switch ruining? And they said, no, 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 casing. And G and DK said, well, that's not our business. Why don't you talk to the, uh, 
like uh, the bigger, you know, bigger ups, you know, the people that are in charge of that thing, you know, secure people. And the person said they don't believe it, like, uh, but the statistics show. And GNTK said, I don't think this case is for us anymore. Like, uh, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're blurring the lines. We're not, you know, we're, we're PIs. We're not, uh, we, we don't, we're not, uh, and the person says, okay, okay, listen. You care about the community, right? Just check the statistics uh, with the performance. This is when the person started performing this month of this year. And you'll notice that uh, uh, the reports of missing watches and rings is corresponding to their appearances. And they said, okay, okay. And they looked at the statistics. They said, well, we'll think about it, uh, and they said, okay. Then they said, let's tail this. Uh, but, you know, G&DK, they're gumshoes or whatever. Once they're, once you have gum on your shoe, it's not just going to come off. Even if you say, well, I got a sneaky suspicion. There's some, you know, bad gel, sand in the Vaseline or whatever. Uh, so then they started, ta- they said, well, and also we always wanted the three of us, as soon as they got permission to be able to drive the golf cart, you know, we've been on a stakeout. So we said one day we want to tail somebody. So I guess I also masked it. And I'm, I'm partially to, a part of it, Diane, is we were dreaming of tailing someone in a golf cart, uh, just like in the movies, but that's in cars. And, oh, boy, did we get our chance because we went down to Gators, actually got some more iced teas, and Aunt Penny had iced tea. At GNDK, they drink, um, usually they just have soda water with limes uh, or, the you know, lemon one lemonade. And they just wore their Gators. They wore their Crocs so they didn't have to redo them. Uh yeah, quite a restaurant. I wonder if they was sold hand sanitizer day, and they probably would make the, they'd make their whole profit on that. Uh, but they do have that at every t- table. Those pumps. I didn't know that before. But I was saying that's not the same as washing. But, but you know, you customize it. Then you eat, uh, or you say no, thank you. I'm not buying any cracks. I came here to eat. Uh, not you know relative of a crack and not but not exactly deep fried or whatever, you know or just some gumbo or something nice. Uh, they said, well, what about some cheese sticks, Diane? And they said, well, boy, boy, cheese sticks that has nothing to do with anything, and uh, you know twice baked potatoes, potato skins. Sorry, Diane, I'm off topic here. So what? Where are we? So we go well, the big tail. So we waited. And we had waited, you know, we scouted out before, figured out what their golf cart looked like. Luckily, their golf cart was uh, uh, neon pink with flames, uh, like, you know, painted flames, obviously. So it was easy and light. So so we waited till dusk. And we started our extremely slow-moving pursuit of them, Diane. And uh, uh, G and DK, of course, they, like... uh, had a new, it took them a while, but they had been working on who was going to get to drive and how they would do that. I said, well, I'll just, you know, be here as in my, you know, spiritual sense, uh, along for the ride. And so uh, they set out, and holy cow, we never had a time. It was like the time of our lives, Diane. Uh, it was fun. We were laughing. I mean, uh, everything was worth it, uh, following them. And they went far. I mean, luckily, these uh, golf carts, you know, the new batteries. And we slowed down. You know, we let other cars get in front of us. We turned our lights off, even though it was kind of dusk. And we turned them back on. And then eventually, we were, you know, following them. We were the only thing. So then we slowed down again. And then, we, you know, a couple times we lost uh, the golf cart. But, you know, there's only two minutes of a say. That's when G and DK were lucky to have them because one would go run ahead one path, and then the other one would turn and try to, and then we'd meet back. Uh, so we 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 didn't really lose, almost lost. Uh, but then they pulled into their driveway, which kind of uh, the ruse was up. So then we pulled in behind them, 
And he says, still trying to figure out that illusion, huh? And then G&DK, they said, why don't you come in? You can have a, uh, what do they call They call their porches something in the, at the towns, too. Not a Solange. I think it, like that's a, but something like that. They, they don't call it a porch or a, a sunroom. But I forget the name, Diane. So they said, would you like to come sit in our Solange and... Uh, or solar, I'd like, a, actually, I would call it a solarium, even though that's probably not what it is, Diane. Uh, so then they sat there with the magician, and they said, uh, well, you know, what about, the magician said, well, you got this look in your eyes, uh, behind you, there's something going on behind that. And they said, well, we're hired to figure out your illusion, and the ma- ma- magician, still wearing it until this point, the the um, the the, the cat, cat masquerade. Uh, but then they took off the cat masquerade, and they said, "Okay, well, uh, tell me more." And they said, "Well, you, you there's what like there's a spike ever since you've been doing your illusion. There's a spike in missing uh, reports of missing or insurance claims on watches and rings." And uh, the masquerade, but, but I, I would keep referring to it to them because they were wearing a mask. Yeah, the masquerade magician, uh, but they think they were doing that to build trust with all of us. Uh, but the masquerade magician said, "Well, uh, okay. Well, have you interviewed anybody that's missing or what? Because I know a little bit about you too. You know, some you've helped some of my friends." Uh, find, and they said, "Why don't you go ask?" Uh, but they like uh, it could be a new revenue source, not for you two, but maybe like your next trainees. And they said, "Of course, like uh, they said, you'll figure it out, and uh, you know, come back to me, and I'll tell you the origins of my illusion, but not the, uh, you know, if you just look into that." And so we all said, fair enough. Uh, so G and D K looked up at some people that had reported. Uh, in the lost and found, like not in the lost department, like needing help uh, finding this missing watch or ring. And they answered a couple of those. And uh, it was interesting, Diane. It was an increase in awareness. It causes an increase in missing things. Uh, if you go to see a show without a watch on and your buddy, you like, has their watch disappear or a ring, you say, well, I forgot about that watch I had, you know. I want, you know, I want to channel my inner Michelle Wee and really look like, uh, especially when I'm hitting those balls out on the golf course. So maybe I'll see if I can find that watch. Uh, And then they said, said, well, I don't even know where that watch is missing. Uh, The same thing. Now, sometimes they just say, huh, I wonder where it is. Sometimes they say, well, if it's missing, it must have a cause beyond me. Yeah. you know, especially if it's like, you know, whatever, the Oyster Diver 4-1-4015. And so it was very quickly that they realized that a lot of times it was just uh, as your awareness increases, it doesn't increase your awareness of where the item is uh, and that there's a gap and that most of the time the gap is, uh, you know, due to an organizational system or missing or you don't know what happened to it. So they dug enough that they quickly realized some people forget about their watches and rings till they're reminded of them. And so this was another case we indirectly kind of cracked, but there's too many cases to ever possibly crack. But as a m- m- magician said, if G and DK were training some other people, they could do, you could say, well, this is where you'd learn your, your first PI skills is helping all these people see if it's findable, their ring or their watch, you know, and some are not findable. Some you say, well, maybe, oh, wait a second. We had to spend 5,000 hours going through my receipts to realize I sold that. Okay. So then they went back eventually to the, the masquerade magician and they said, uh-huh, you know, to, you, you were right. It was uh, like an uh, increase in awareness. Uh, and they kind of relaxed and they said, okay, well, tell us, uh, you, you tell us about your illusion. And then the, the uh, masquerade magician went and told us the history of their love of magic.
and they said they once worked with a magician named Mesmaro, and uh, that eventually they had another mentor that was Mesmaro was not the best mentor, but then they worked with another mentor. Uh, the mysterious she- Sheila was her name, and uh, they they said they they worked with her, and she she was really generous and really encouraging. And it, it, they said essentially, you know, magic is supposed to look effort magical, right, uh, and effortless. And you know, like I told you earlier, that just takes a lot of practice and work. Uh, uh, but I can tell the two two of you uh, that, that this case, you know, there's still layers to this case. Uh, you know, I'm not here. I'm not a. I'm, I'm not here out of innocence. Uh, uh, but I I don't. I say you know. You think you probably need to know more about your client to, to, to crack this case, but I promised you uh, to tell you the origins of my illusion, the illusion that has your client's eye. And he said, you, for magic, it's always about, uh, you know, what the, the audience and magic's kind of ridden these waves of uh, popularity and decline in the post-WW2 and, you know, magic's fallen on some hard times uh, outside of Las Vegas uh, or places. Uh, but I have a love of magic. But, but to, to tell you the origin of the illusion is, you know, every magician, working uh, professional magicians are rare. But, you know, there's part-time magicians and people that just do it for the love of magic. And people that love to perform, you know, not that different. It's an art. It really is an art. And part of art is creating, which a lot of people forget or gloss over or reinventing. And uh, the mysterious shield was big on encouraging me to do that. Uh, And I wanted to find my signature thing, and I worked very, very hard. And one day I had one signature thing, uh... And uh, I think that's part of the mystery. So that was gone and no longer usable. As quickly as I invented it, uh, someone revealed how it was done. Uh, But then I was determined to to find another illusion because I was a working magician. And uh, I eventually was practicing reinventing this trick that the mysterious Sheila was known for involving you know, a ring or a watch, and, and you know, t- t- very typical but different of, you know, c- putting it in a, in a, uh, into a, a handkerchief or something, disguising it, and then making it seem like it's ruined or missing. And there is some element of art and magic uh, that is always outside of your control and saying yes, a synchronicity maybe you could call it, the two of you. And I happened to be kind of practicing this one move uh, just to, to get the, the, the mysterious Sheila's act down to see where my opening could be when I just happened uh, to be in the middle of a flourish and I dropped uh, the watch I was holding as a practice prop watch. Uh, and then I did something else uh, instinctually. And that became the foundation of the illusion that you see me performing. Now, before you start to think that it's all magical intervention, I think it took me about uh, three months of practice to be able to recreate that one moment, uh, which was essential to the actual illusion of making the watch seem or the ring seem as if it's falling and then it vanishes uh, at the moment you hit the ground, before it hits the ground, uh, in front of your very eyes, is the illusion that you see is that I'm performing a trick and that I drop it and that it disappears. Uh, and it's an amazing trick. I mean, the two of you, there's no quibbling about it. Uh, and I knew that that accidental drop uh, was the moment I was looking for. And I could build the, the illusion around that uh, one thing. But recreating that accidental drop at that precise moment where it would work in the trick and then practicing and practicing and practicing, uh, it, it was a very, 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 uh, very labor-intensive uh, and very focused and then saying, oh, no, okay, 
I didn't realize that gear, changing that gear affects this gear. So let's move this here. And then keeping it fresh, uh, you know, in, in a variety of other uh, performance, you know, it, it's, it's a thing. Uh, but like I said, there's another layer you're not uh, aware of. And, and again, you, you know, I, I can't tell you the uh, the illusion, but maybe you could share that with your client. Uh, but I, I can tell you that it's a dead end because I, I'm not... Uh, Without my mistakes, you're not coming to me by accident. Uh, none of this is by accident. Maybe not even the dropping of the watch originally was by accident. Maybe there is a magic, uh, and maybe it's not always a, like a perfect magic. Uh, but you know, sometimes you, you know you got to get your tricks in. Maybe that's all. I'll leave the two of you with that. So we were confused, eh? and after we left, uh, you know, one we didn't know, we kept trying to figure out uh, how you'd accidentally drop a watch, but then it disappears before it hits the ground. What, how, how you could possibly misdirect anyone's attention that you've dropped something, which is a misdirection in and of itself, uh, but you're dropping something from a height of your shoulder, and it's falling, and then it's not there anymore. It was like a performance of the highest caliber. The more when we even knew how it started, it made it even more amazing. And so uh, we don't know how it was done. And we started to wonder what the motivation of our client was because we could feel this personal tension. And uh, another thing was... uh, we said something about the revealing. So then we started uh, trying to figure out uh, if our client and the magician were connected. And uh, there was this, it was, the next step was also a deduction. It was like, well, what about that? Uh, we, it was also night, so they didn't have it. We said, let's see, we'll stream those, uh, the revealer of the magic secrets, which was the show with a masquerade character revealing magic secrets. And as soon as that show started to play, we knew that was our client. It was the same voice. And we said, oh, boy. And uh, that person was revealing magic secrets on that show. And they talked about the the code of the magicians. And most of the secrets they were revealing were uh, uh, big-budget Las Vegas-style illusions. But some of them were were interpersonal close-up magic, too. And we started to read, and then they said, no, we found out that one thing uh, that the show was paid for, as the GNDK did the research, was uh, Gandar the Great Enterprises, Inc., or something. And the, we, we kind of had a couple, we, we, just, we don't, still don't understand what's going on. We kind of do. Also, I think they wanted to give me a job, so they said, go to the big farm and see if you can find Gandar the Great. Now, I quickly learned as I got to the big farm, you know, time's a little different. I had to dodge. Heavenly Solutions was looking for me because I hadn't shown up to work. Uh, but uh, I quickly learned that Gandar the Great was not in the big farm, Diane. Holy mackerel. But Gandar the Great's granddaughter was. And uh, she was an adult. So I was able to get some time with her. And I said, please, you know, it took a little rapport building, but it was easier in the big farm. And I said, I was interested to talk to you about these, uh, the history, you know, they said this, but particularly the shows you did, revealing the secrets of magic or whatever it was called. And, and uh, she said, oh, yes, yeah. She goes, so she talked about the history of the company. And, you know, that these magic specials were part of uh, a company uh, decision because of the magic had its, you know, kind of like uh, it was way down in that, uh, you know, in the 80s to the 90s. In the, in the 90s to the aughts, he thought the, maybe these specials, other than Las Vegas performance magic, you know, which is really always uh, done very well. Uh, but, you know, with the magic stores closing, that, uh, you know, Gandar, the great enterprises, they sold to both magic shops and it took toy stores. Uh, 
they said, you know, this is a, but they had hired this person. Now, again, are the great enterprises, and she was very honest with me that among magicians, among kids as entry entryway into magic, they were loved. Uh, but other than that, they weren't popular because they would have to figure out if a magician had a trick. Uh, rarely did Gandalf the Great buy the tricks from the magician to print them into how to do it. Or here's a fake, like a lot of it was fake books, like uh, learning to play the guitar. You know, here's the the, the quickest and easiest way to do the illusion. Now, they had someone working there. That job was to figure out what the illusions were, either by reverse engineering was what originally the 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 the, the, the CEO she she thought uh, when they first started working with this person they were doing, but it ended up they were not they were spying and uh, you know paying people to work to say hey f- find out how they'd make that uh, ball turn into five balls because it's not the normal way. Now, this is our client, Diane, and then this client, the client was the one that said, well, let's do this show. And the show ended up doing very well for Gandar the Great and Magic for a brief time. But then once the show lost us, you know, there's only so many illusions of, like, uh, of the big Las Vegas ones. You know, it was a niche show looking for a broader audience in some sense, Diane. And so the show went off the air. And eventually Plastico uh, International, you know, made an offer on Gandar the Great Enterprises, and she took it because she said, well, you know, I want to be, make, you know, it, it's just the future of magic, is it, uh, manu- magic manufacturing. And this person was not easy to work with. Uh, and so, you know, we talked about it a lot, uh, that uh, this person seemed to be more driven by revealing secrets than learning them. And then Yandar the Great was just a magic business. Uh, you know, she was just a CEO. She, she said, you know, we do magic around the house a little bit, but, uh, you know, it's just basically my grandfather, you know, grandfather's branding. It was a toy company, you know, with, uh, so we, we kind of said, okay, this is who our client is, uh, but G and, you know, I told G and DK everything, but they said, why? I don't know the why. We have to know the why. So we went back to our client and we said, uh, they sat down and they said, okay, well, we have the origin of the illusion, but we don't have the uh, actual illusion. Uh, but, you know, we have a mystery we're trying to get to the bottom of. Uh, and we'll tell you, if you tell us, answer, you know, we'll tell you the origin of the illusion. If you tell us, uh, answer our questions and we'll call it a day. You know, you don't got to pay us or anything. And the client said, okay, well, what's your question? And they said, why do you, why do you want to know all the secrets to all the magicians and reveal them? And they kind of told us a long kind of tale, Diane. It wasn't that great a tale, to be honest. So I cut to the chase, uh, it was basically that they were like disillusioned, to use a word that's ironic in this situation, by illusion, uh, in that they had like bought a lot of these magic kits uh, before they worked in you know magic manufacturing, and dreamed of becoming a magician, but when they learned uh, that it's really like rote practice. Uh, is one of the main things. Uh, it, they did, they just didn't have, uh, it wasn't for them. But instead of having, it, it kind of because of the situation or whatever, their circumstances, they didn't have a healthy way to say, well, this is just isn't for me. I don't like uh, practicing this card trick 5,000 times or practicing it 5,000 times so I could come up with a new version of it. Uh, that wasn't their thing, and so they got really frustrated, and the way they dealt with that was to reveal secrets. Uh, now, we told the origins of that, but as uh, they did, they said, oh, okay, so you've revealed that you know our, uh, who that person is uh, in the cat, ma- the cat Masquerade Magician. 
you've revealed their secret too. And I guess it was like, a, that was the kind of the case kind of closed, Diane, because it said uh, the case of humanity, the book of humanity's cases are always open. Even when you close one, you're just turning the page to a new chapter, you know. I mean, I think for G and DK, it's really a rare growth opportunity to kind of see that neither neither of those paths, Diane, is, is super fulfilling, right? Like becoming a masquerade magician just to tick your tick off somebody that revealed a secret uh, isn't the nicest thing. Uh, but realizing that something's hard and it takes a lot of work, uh, it doesn't mean you got to you know take it out. But so so really, G and DK were enthused by this, uh, and I think both people we noticed them, they stopped performing. The, the, the cat masquerade magician except by hiring, so no more public performances. And uh, believe it or not, in a couple of weeks later, we saw the client uh, starting to perform magic, and uh, magic, I assume, they pro- So I guess uh, that's the next chapter, Diane, is a chapter of healing, that they are now performing magic, and, you know, uh, amateur magic, underlying double score, or whatever. Uh, but that's what's great about... Uh, you know, being here and uh, working with G&DK and learning. Also now I have a friend in the big farm uh, who's very nice. Uh, and, you know, it's always nice to say, like, uh, maybe I could get her, her to take over Heavenly Solutions because I was telling her about it. Uh, and she said I was unaware of any karmic billing going on in the big farm in the sky. She said I spend most of my time surfing uh, or chilling and I said, oh, those things just sound very nice. Uh, and she said, but well, let's talk. So we're going to have coffee and talk at some point in the big farm. And ideally, you know, but then I'm falling into the same trap, Diane. Uh, so we'll see, Diane. But it's good. Thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you soon. Good night.